0: they can't handle the truth war room battleground here's your host stephen k bannon i rise to
1: raise a question what was the secret side deal on ukraine house democrats and president biden have said that as speaker mccarthy was asking republicans to vote for a continuing resolution so as to avoid having to take the senate's plus up in ukraine money that the Speaker of the House was actually cutting a side deal to bring Ukraine legislation to this floor with President Biden and House Democrats. So let me get this straight. To extend Joe Biden's spending and Joe Biden's policy priorities, the Speaker of the House gave away to Joe Biden the money for Ukraine that Joe Biden wanted. It is going to be difficult for my Republican friends to keep calling President Biden feeble while he continues to take Speaker McCarthy's lunch money in every negotiation. The Speaker of the House has responded to these reports of a secret side deal on money for Ukraine, opaquely stating that he still wants to fund Ukraine and our border. I have a few replies to this statement. First, the Speaker's statement confirms the existence of a secret deal. And I have talked to members of our own leadership who have said they didn't even know that Speaker McCarthy was negotiating a secret side deal outside of our conference, outside of his own leadership team, for the sake of Ukraine. Second, Ukraine has lost the support of a majority of the majority. The last time there was a freestanding Ukraine vote on this floor, it was last week. 101 Republicans voted for it, 117 Republicans voted against it. According to the Hastert rule, which Speaker McCarthy agreed to in January, you cannot use Democrats to roll a majority of the majority, certainly on something as consequential as Ukraine. So for all the crocodile tears about what may happen later this week about a motion to vacate, working with the democrats is a yellow brick road that has been paved by speaker mccarthy whether it was the debt limit deal the cr or now the secret deal on ukraine for a third this is swampy log rolling the american people deserve single subject bills i get that a lot of folks might disagree with my perspectives on the border or on ukraine but can we at least agree that no matter how you feel about Ukraine or the southern border, they each deserve the dignity of their own consideration and should not be rolled together where they might pass?
0: The, uh, hold that, Memphis. I'm going to come back and ask for the, the, the um, conclusion of that. That's where he says he puts McCarthy on notice. Let me uh, – this – I'm going to bring in Natalie. Natalie, you're the, one of the top investigative reporters in town. You've done such an amazing job on so many complex topics. I can't figure out, and I say this seriously. I can't figure out. There's something so dark about Ukraine. There's some, and we've been at this for years now. That all the stuff pops up. Tell me about your. You've got an exclusive report out right now. Uh, tell me about it.
2: Sure. Well, as you always say, you know, make it make sense. And I think we talk a lot about managed decline on this show. But frankly, I think what we're seeing with Ukraine really is the accelerated decline of this country. And in part, it has to do with toppling what is going on in Ukraine. We've seen that since 2014 with all the color revolutions going on there. I'd be remiss not to point out Victoria Newland's close interactions with all of that going down because she's an important name for the story that I just published. Um, but on the other side of the Ukraine grift beyond the Ukrainian oligarchs, you know, embezzling or doing whatever they're doing with our taxpayer Dollars on the domestic side of things, a lot of consulting firms that are linked to the White House and some of really the, the highest level in, in, in terms of who they're linked to, whether that be Secretary of State Antony Blinken, Deputy Secretary of State, Victoria Newland, are actively involved, in other words, advising the Ukrainian government on how to spend the billions, I think we're close to 113 billion now, um and taxpayer aid that Ukraine has received from various departments, um under Joe Biden's tenure as president. But what's so curious, and I think why people need to go to WarRoom dot org to read this story, is not just Hold the it. brazen. Does Memphis it. have
0: the story? H- hang on, hang on, hang on. The, slow down, sure. slow down. I'm so shocked about this. Put the article up. You're making my head blow up already. No, this is. Uh, it, it, audience, I want you angry about this. I want you to embrace what Natalie's telling you. Just hit rewind and give me that again, because you know Zelensky had the secret meeting up on Wall Street with with Ackman and at least Fink's guys from Fink's Group and Schwartzman about the trillion dollars going to take to rebuild it. They're already t- putting your pension funny money, pension fund money there, but this is actually. The hundred and 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 I just saw an AP story. They had the same thing. AP story said forty billion dollars. It's not forty billion. They they carved this up to try to make as little as possible. It's one hundred thirteen to one twenty billion right now. Before we get to the secret deal that he's done, of that one hundred twenty billion dollars of that cash flow, are you telling me that people that are close to Newland and to Blinken in this crowd are actually? in consulting firms that are that are guiding where this money goes
2: yeah and not just close or proximal i mean quite literally the co-founder of the consulting firm uh, that is writing white papers on how ukraine should best leverage its foreign aid i'm of course talking about the infamous uh, west exec advisors people may know this firm is the one that caught a lot of mainstream attention for being responsible for staffing some of the highest levels but even junior level too um, really a, a large contingent of the Biden White House in the early days. And West Exec uh, was actually co-founded by Anthony Blinken and Michelle Flournoy. But what's so interesting about her ties to all of this is that there was what was called the Kiev Security Compact. And if you read through it, and this is why people need to read the story, not only does it actually admit and outline what their end goal in Ukraine is, which is a multi-decade approach to foreign aid, in other words, the United States will be on the hook. We will be responsible for funding Ukraine's military. And they go list chapter and verse all of the ridiculous things they want. I don't even think the United States military is armed that well, um, but they, they list through. But what's so interesting, too, is that Michelle Flournoy on the opposite side of things like you were talking about Wall Street, This firm also advises, you know, CEOs from some of America's and the world's leading corporations and companies. So she did a whole entire media round where she admits to advising Western CEOs on how to approach the Ukraine-Russia conflict, of course, telling them to take a hardcore stance, a hardcore position, aligning themselves with Ukraine. Um, But if you keep reading a lot of these strategy papers, Again, the other firm that I'm talking about is uh, in in the article is Albright Stonebridge Group. Um, This is a firm where Victoria Newland used to serve as a former senior counselor there. Um, But even uh, our current ambassador to the UN, Linda Thomas Greenfield, was a counselor there. And curiously, a lot of people who are in the State Department who work on Eastern European affairs, whether it's the Assistant Secretary of State for European and Eurasian Affairs or the Secretary of State. For management and resources, all of those people uh, used to work at Albright Stone Stonebridge, Stonebridge Group too, and we saw not too long ago that they published a white paper, they were recently acquired by Dentons, um, but outlining how they think a policy called uh, land value capture should be instituted in Ukraine for them to basically use Western funds, use our taxpayer dollars to improve public infrastructure in Ukraine. And they talk about how allegedly it should be the Ukrainian people who are then pocketing the upside of those investments. But I think you and I know well enough that ain't gonna happen in Ukraine. And I think the real tell here, um, at least in that paper, is that they admit, they say war, conflict, what is the ongoing conflict, uh, presents a window of opportunity to achieve changes that would otherwise not be possible. And that's basically a direct quote, I'm paraphrasing slightly. Um, But when you talk about why these people want to continue this war and what the upside is, I mean, this story explains it. And real quick, Steve, too, just to link it um, to to development. I think a few months ago, if you remember, there was this sort of mass move, this blitz, where a lot of other D.C.-based law firms and lobbyists were registering under Farah to work on behalf of the Ukrainian government, I mean, dozens of people trouncing uh, registrations even that I've seen recently for the Chinese Communist Party. Um, and it's just very, very curious to me that you see this massive lobbying push because Ukraine, they don't have the money, the funds to be paying these people, right? The only money that they're getting, the only incoming is really coming from the United States, right? From foreign aid, from these Western countries. so. I think it just sort of begs the question as, as to, you know, who is paying the salaries of whether they're, they're foreign lobbyists and people yeah. who are mounting the presence here in D.C.? Hey,
0: hang, hang on. I want you to hold on a second. I'm bringing Congressman Biggs. I just one question for our bringing Congressman Biggs. Did you say in your, in your investigative report that the White Paper said, it said they've already laid out this is a multi-decade uh, approach? This is already a – this would be a multi-decade approach from our State Department? Basically from yeah, so, taxpayers. That com-
2: so that comes from the consulting group that is linked to Antony Blinken, and they want us to enter into a joint partnership with Ukraine, the United States, and a couple other Western countries um, to create, like you said, that's a direct quote, a multi-decade approach to foreign aid, and they list through what they want, whether it's weapons, they want um, a defense force that includes Ukrainians starting 18 years old and above to do mandatory training exercises with their Western counterparts. The list of demands is absolutely crazy. And the buried lead is that they admit in this paper, Michelle Flourney, again, who was considered almost to potentially be Secretary of State, but who was Antony Blinken's co-founder, that they're actively consulting and liaising with political leaders, academic leaders, media leaders in the West to try to bring about this, to try to make this happen. And and we know the Biden regime doesn't have a good track record of registering with the Foreign Agent Registration Act. But I think the point is, is that a lot of these people right now are currently serving, maybe pro bono, I'm I'm sure there's some financial upside for them. um, But they're trying to, I think, really ingratiate themselves in this Ukrainian reconstruction scheme. Because they know, it's just yeah. like you see the Clinton Global mm-hmm. Initiative trying to get involved in it, too. They know there's going to yeah. be a lot of money
0: no, no, um, on the upside. The, the, no, no, no. The, the the private meeting they had with Fink and the crowd up on Wall Street, Zelensky, that was the big meeting went to. They're, 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 this is a new business development opportunity. That's why they're not taking cash right now. Just hang on one second. Let's bring in Congressman Andy Biggs of uh, of Arizona. Congressman Biggs, uh, it, there's a lot of running around and people talking about the bond market's getting crushed again today. I think the thirty-year Treasury's over four percent, four and a half percent, something like that. The uh, the ten years up there, the the short term, it's an inverted yield curve, are up over five. We're, we're going to, I think, increase the borrowing cost another four or five hundred billion dollars. We're trying to calculate right now, but it, it, it we are at a point of no return. And what my point is, I told the audience, "Say we will never pay off one penny of the principal of the $33 trillion. That we're just going to add to that. We're like somebody that's just barely making the credit card payment. We're going to be scrambling to make the interest payments on 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 what we've done here in uh, in a very short order, probably a year. But we'll never pay off a penny of the thirty three trillion and everything that's added to that. Carson Biggs, the, the McCarthy and this crowd up there get what they've done with the debt deal that they basically kowtowed to Biden on, and what they've done on this ob- ob- obscene CR so that we just get back into the same process? Do they understand what they've done to this nation?
3: Uh, Steve, in my opinion, they do not understand. But the scarier part is I'm not sure they care. Um, the the reality is this. When you start do, talking about uh, the spread there, uh, you are you are actually seeing the interest costs that we pay go above $700 billion. And if, that, if that's the case, if it moves up a couple hundred... Uh, million three four hundred million dollars. We're going to be well above the seven hundred billion dollar mark, uh, having to pay interest next year, and that'll be growing. It's it's not shrinking. A lot of people think, oh, well, we're paying on the debt. We're paying this. No, this is not like a house where you're paying principal and interest. This is just an interest only loan, and it's going to continue to grow. And uh, what that does is the short term inflationary pressure is there. But the long-term uh, uh, threat of insolvency follows because as you get through inflation, that's the way they're going to take care of our national debt, Steve. And when that happens, you're going to see people rolling wheelbarrows of money to get a loaf of bread like you saw, whether it was Zimbabwe. Well, well, the By- but Congressman,
0: the guys that get this are the BRICS. I mean, we're playing that game and destroying the purchasing power of the dollar. They're smart enough to understand that, hey, we've had to take this thing because it's America's biggest export and we convert everything into a dollar before we do any transaction no matter where in the world. That's why they're sitting there trying to get a basket of currencies somehow convertible into gold or to do transactions in the rupees. They're working, the BRICS are working nonstop to come up with, to de-dollarize because The fiscal irresponsibility of America's uniparty elites coupled with the monetary irresponsibility of the Federal Reserve is destroying the world, not just the American citizens. And these guys sitting there going, the American citizens may have to take it, but we don't. Congressman Biggs.
3: Yeah, Steve, you know, I've talked to uh, a number of economists and I've I've asked them, I said, the BRICS are are working on this. Um, What's the threat? And they said, well, the problem for the BRICS are that as bad as our currency is, um, there's no currency elsewhere in the world, which is what is why they they're not looking for somebody's currency. They're not going to tie it to the to the yuan or anything else. They are going to tie it to what you're talking about, which is precious metals, something that really has inherent intrinsic value. In the meantime, my colleagues here continue to say we're just gonna we're gonna spend more money. I mean that's that's what it boils down to, Steve. And, and you're right, that devaluation in our currency is what's actually going to lead to, to the downfall of the U.S. I used to say that was going to go over fast, but I'm also afraid that the policies of this administration might be trying to sprint past our economic demise to give us cultural and societal demise.
0: Congressman, right now, there's all kind of, th- you know, the secret deal with, with, um, with uh between McCarthy and Biden. Biden says they got a deal. They had a side deal. He guaranteed him he'd get, he'd get a funding package, a big funding package for Ukraine tr- through. I understand tonight he's sitting there in his leadership conference, go, no. If that's the case, if he has no side deal, couldn't we just put Ukraine, any type of Ukraine on hold until we get all the appropriate space bills done and everything's worked out before November 17th? That's the 47 days. And then we can address Ukraine sometime after Thanksgiving. Is that, is that, would that be suitable to McCarthy and McConnell, this crowd?
3: Well, I don't really know what to think anymore because uh, Mr. McCarthy has kind of given us misdirection and deflection. Before. And and I know Biden, you can't trust Biden either. So so who's telling the truth here? But the reality is process wise, you can do exactly what you say. You could finish these bills. Um, and actually get them done and try to get them done before November 17th. My biggest concern is that uh, you won't get them done, uh, is that, and, and then you're back into the omnibus, this big, these big spending packages that carry on the bad policy and the bad spending levels. So, well, I, I just don't, I, I am so cynical this, this moment as I talk to you, Steve, that it's hard to, to find optimism, except for to say the bills that we did pass We're not great, but they were solid bills um, trying to attack spending in certain areas and places, trying to attack policy in other places, defunding Mayorkas, defunding John Kerry, those types of things. Those passed out of here. And so that tells me that if we can get those bills, uh, the 12 bills out there, there might be reason for optimism. Um, uh, It's just McCarthy. So so
0: just on that, you've got, I don't know, you've got four or five done. You've got another five or six to go. You guys are working on You'll turn back on and get that focus. I understand they say you can't do motion vacate because that'll slow down the appropriations process. I think you can do two at one, one time. But is the Senate at all serious? They're, they're not even back till tomorrow afternoon. They haven't done an appropriations bill yet. It's just, just all performative. I just want to make sure the audience, because they respect you and Gates and the 6 and the 20, and now the 70 that voted against the, uh, the debt ceiling. To say, is this just a game? Are we just playing a game and, and this is all to get to an omnibus that the Senate's not going to do anything? You're not going to have a conference. This will never get worked out.
3: Yeah, I think it is kabuki theater, Steve. I think, look, uh, we, we we've sent some bills. We've got some bills to send to the Senate that have good policy. I think the Senate's going to strip every good piece of policy out of there. Uh, you know, I think they're gonna say, okay, you have to fund Majorcas's position and John Kerry's position. I think all that stuff gets added back in, and by the time you get to a conference committee, they'll say, Well, it's too late to, to to wrestle in the conference committee and get something that works. It's just omnibus time again. I'm sorry to say that, but that's that's my prediction. I think you might see a you might see a couple of what I call mini buses where you have two or three bills here put together, three or four bills put together there, and you might get one, one bill standalone. But it, by, uh, by and large, uh, you will not see what's necessary to bring our spending under control, and you might, won't see any of the incentives that I think are necessary to get this administration to actually enforce the law, particularly on the border.
0: If, you know, we had 262000 We had a team down in Juarez today. In the morning show, we had them in uh, El Paso. Uh, essentially what you're saying, and correct me if I'm wrong, because now's the inflection point. Now's the moment we can do it with you heroes. If we don't do it now, it's never going to get done. I mean, we're almost at the cliff. You've got to make tough choices. You got to make hard calls now. But if you don't do it, this will just continue on. And it's the end of the American Republic. Is that what, is that your warning to this audience?
3: Yeah. And it's also my warning to my colleagues. And I've, I've said this to many of my colleagues, if not now, when, if not us, whom? Because the, the the reality is, uh, the economy is contracting a little bit. It looks like it's going to be tough sledding going forward. Inflation is going to continue up because of our our crummy monetary policy. We don't even have enough energy. You could actually the impacts of inflation could be ameliorated if you had a good energy policy. But this administration won't do it. You've got a lawless administration that has been uh, that has turned every institution and every law against and weaponize them against the american people when i look at that i say this is the time this is the point where we will look back five ten years from now and say that was when we could have made a difference and i'm afraid not enough of my colleagues will uh, agree with me
0: well this is what i don't get they've all been put in office by people that rang doorbells and work phone banks when McHenry and these guys stepped in garrett graves and they say you know all these outside of what you guys have done and put a Bennett to their back. The, the the epic fight in January, the epic fight over the debt ceiling, this epic fight over the CR. Besides, what have they? Tell me what they have. When they make the pitch to you guys these conferences, what are their wins? What have they done? The country's in a free fall. You have a you have a illegitimate regime that shredded the constitution. We have an invasion in the country now of I don't know six eight ten million. Never before in human history. Never before in human history. Well, so what are these guys pointing when you're sitting there, when they talk about their wins? McHenry said saying today, said, we don't want to stop. You can't remove McCarthy. There's, we got too many wins. You don't want to break a winning streak. What is he, does he just think we're morons? Are they just gaslight us? Or can he actually point to something? Well, well Steve,
3: I'm with you. I'm like, what, what are those wins? Um, I, HR2. Okay, we got that out of the House. But that's not really a win because it's sitting in the Senate. We got a couple of good, uh, you know, solid uh, appropriations bills out, but that, that would never have happened if four of us didn't say we're not going to pass the rule on Department of Defense until you start moving the, the bills. Um, waiting to two weeks before the, the the fiscal year ends to actually start moving appropriations bills, that's not a win. Uh, I'm not sure what they think. The, the debt ceiling, that wasn't a win. It was the, the I, it was, I thought it was a piece of crap going over to the Senate. There's no way you could support spending, uh, increasing your debt ceiling, $1.5 trillion over an eight month period. That's ludicrous. And and then when McCarthy comes back, there is no debt ceiling whatsoever. So all those things you begin to look at. And in the meantime, you got crime, you got bad energy policy. Uh, You know, gas in Arizona is over five bucks a gallon now. When you start looking at this thing, you say, can you tell me what those wins are? We haven't helped on inflation. We haven't helped on crime. We haven't helped on the border. We haven't helped on energy. Um, you know, education has is, is gone crazy. We're still getting the the crazy transgender stuff, and you, you want to fund this stuff? And they voted they voted to kill conservative amendments, um, where where conservative amendments on spending and policy were getting ret- ret- trounced last week by um, by Republicans. They just they don't want to. They want to do it, and we're going to send money overseas to Ukraine. This is absurd, Steve. It's it is, um, it, it, it leaves one wondering um, how this can turn around, how this can turn around. And, and, and the only way it can, in my opinion, is with the help of God and the help of, of people all over this country telling their members of Congress, their Republican members of Congress, no, no more. Stop it, stop it, stop it. And But too many people aren't even paying attention, Steve. They're not paying attention.
0: Do you think that this leads to a an effort to re, we only got a couple minutes left to re- remove McCarthy this week and, and actually find out what the deal is he's cut with the Democrats because they'll try to save him?
3: Yeah, I think I think, uh, you know, Mr. Gates, who you know well and I know well, has said unequivocally he's bringing a motion to vacate. Um, I, I don't think it will be successful. I you know, I'm just telling people exactly what I think. I don't think it will be successful. I think that uh, that. Uh, uh, you know, you'll have enough Republicans, you'll have enough Democrats to, to keep him in place as the speaker. Um, I hope that at least we flush out the the deal that was made regarding Ukraine. Um, I, I'm wondering if there were other side deals as well, and sure would like to know that.
0: Well, the Democrats will demand their private—this will do, we'll get it on the table. If he's going to be run by Democrats, let's just get it on the table. Let's Let's see— uh, what do you, how many votes he needs for Democrats, because uh, Hakeem Jeffries will take his pound of flesh. And now it's time to have that pound of flesh for everybody to see. Congressman Biggs, I know you got to bounce. Thank you for joining us. Where's the social media? You're, you're coming in a little hot today. Uh, people love what you're doing. They love your warrior nature. Where do they go to follow you?
3: At A Z or at Biggs.House.gov. Biggs.House.gov. Either one of those will get you where I am. And by the way, Steve,
4: Can I think we'll I, Congressman. I, I, I yes,
3: four or five op-eds last week on on the the debt ceiling, or excuse me, the uh, CR and the spending stuff, give people an understanding a little bit about process and what yeah. was going on.
0: We've pushed them out, and we'll push them out more uh, over the next couple of days. Congressman Biggs, thank you. We'll have you back on. We talk about ending the Fed. <laughs> so, oh, thank you. Love that, Congressman let's, Andy. Let's talk Biggs. about that,
3: man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we'll bring you back on. Your things last week in appropriations were magnificent. People were up to all hours of the morning watching you. Congressman Biggs would go up and talk about an amendment, and then he also throw in two and a half minutes each time on the debt ceiling, on everything that's going on. He's a guy that's got your back. Okay, short commercial break. We're a little backed up. We're going to get it all in next in the War Room. Are you tired of progressive corporations and exhausted trying to keep up with all the virtue signaling when you're simply trying to buy products? Progressive corporate America continues to push messaging that further alienates conservative Americans all while eroding the future of the American dream. It's prominent all over the country. Companies like Starbucks strong-arming their customers to support abortion. either as a consumer or a business owner. Download the app now. That's publicsq.com, publicsq.com. If you're sick and tired of the globalist leftist takeover of America's corporations, go to patriotmobile.com slash Bannon and support a company that actually believes in America. For 10 years, Patriot Mobile has been America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. Let me repeat, America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. And when I say only, trust me, they're the only one. Glenn Story and the team have been great supporters of this show, which is why I'm proud to partner with them. Patriot Mobile offers dependable nationwide coverage, giving you the ability to access all three major networks, which means you get the same coverage you've been accustomed to without funding the left, without funding people that hate you. When you switch to Patriot Mobile, you're sending the message that you support free speech, religious freedom, the sanctity of life, the Second Amendment, and our military veterans and first responder heroes. Their 100% U.S.-based customer service team makes switching easy. Keep your number, keep your phone, or upgrade. Just go to PatriotMobile.com slash Bannon or call 878-PATRIOT, P-A-T-R-I-O-T, 878-PATRIOT. Get free activation today with the offer code Bannon. We need to stand together and support companies that share our values. PatriotMobile.com slash Bannon or call 878-PATRIOT. For War Room veterans, you know we have been all over this supply chain issue with China. War Room Battleground with Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, we're going to have more developments. I've already posted something. Uh, McCarthy saying now that he's going to authorize, if he needs to, to let the Pentagon know they can keep shipping arms and ammunition to Ukraine. The question is, is that part of a deal we've already cut? I mean, what is this? We're just taking our stocks and some guy in the house is saying that? It's all part of a secret deal. Think about it. If you didn't have a deal, would you say, okay, fine. We're not going to do anything in Ukraine until after the appropriation is done in in, in the regular order, single subject, no games, Working at, have the Senate pass theirs, then you sit in conference like you're supposed to, right? How a bill becomes a law, we're going to go back to sixth grade civics and then we're going to go to to the 1600 to the illegitimate commander-in-chief we have and he can sign it. And then we go, no. They're, 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 this is the swamp, The swamp's too cute a term. This is the administrative state in the deep state in all their glory. You've done a great job. This investigative report, Natalie, is amazing. We're going to drill down on tomorrow, and you're going to have some more updates for us. Because Natalie Winters is there checking the receipts. I keep saying it's a money laundering operation. You can see it. This is the opening thing that you can see how the money gets, gets laundered. Natalie, how do people follow you on social media between, before tomorrow morning?
2: Natalie G. Winters on all platforms. And make sure you sign up for the newsletter by going to warroom.org.
0: This is how important the newsletter was. This was, all, this was all part to go as an exclusive newsletter. We're putting great content. Joe Allen, Natalie. In fact, Joe Allen's got an amazing piece we put up on human events. Those are going to go on, because we just had to get them out because of timing. But the newsletter mm-hmm. morning, you get all kind of, you get, you get different graphics. You get a real, you get a deeper understanding. It's totally free. You can immerse yourself. Natalie, thank you so much. I'll see you tomorrow morning, ma'am. Thanks for doing this. Thank you. See, three of my favorite people, three tough broads, Natalie Winters, uh, Julie Kelly, and and uh, Tiffany Justice. And I've backed them up now for over an hour of my rants. But that's how they got my blood pressure going up here on Capitol Hill. Julie Kelly, I have not touched this story. In fact, I was down on some of my closest friends who are influencers. They spent all day yesterday on the story. And I said, no, only Julie Kelly. Has the street cred. So I want the audience to know I am going to do Bowman, the, the, uh, the, the fire alarm and this. And I was so angry yesterday with people were just obsessed and they spent hours and hours and hours on this when the country's burning down. But Julie Kelly can put it in perspective because she's got she's got street cred. Why is this? Why is pulling the alarm an important story of where we stand as a country, ma'am?
5: Right. That's such a good point, because the issue about what Representative Bowman did is you take that opportunity, his, li- his excuses that we now know, given the timeline of what Democrats were trying to do on Saturday, that this was clearly part of a strategy to delay this vote. And so it's an opportunity for us not just to really make fun of what he did and his excuses, et cetera, but to pull that out and say, hey, This is what people are languishing in jail for. Actually, far less egregious behavior than what Representative Bowman did. And that's why I immediately said, wait, where's the charge for him for obstruction of an official proceeding? 1512 C2, the most common felony slapped by the COJ against more than 300 January 6th protesters, including Steve, people who never went in the building. People who went in the building after the joint session was recessed. People like Enrique Tarrio, who was in a Baltimore hotel on January 6th. So if he his intent was to obstruct an official proceeding, even and it's based on intent, it's not outcome, whether he did or not is irrelevant, given the statute and given the way the DOJ has applied it. If he did that to try to delay this vote, vote to give what Hakeem Jeffries said, time and space to read the stopgap funding measure um, then he should be immediately subjected to a pre-dawn armed FBI raid with SWAT vehicles, dragged out of his home, humiliated in front of his neighbors, uh, denied release, and charged with this felony that has resulted in not just years in prison for people who have taken plea deals or convicted at trial, but justification for denying their release under pretrial detention. That is the point of highlighting his involvement in what he did on Saturday is to underscore how the DOJ uh, is weaponizing laws that won't apply to Democrats like Representative Bowman.
0: So how how, how do we make it stick? I mean, how does McCarthy and these pencil necks up there? What would your recommendation be? Understanding we don't control DOJ. What does McCarthy Wait, so- and this crowd have to do today?
5: Well, I mean, they have to send a criminal referral anyway to Matthew Graves, the U.S. attorney for the District of Columbia. He is one who continues to prosecute this 1512 C2 cases. So send a criminal referral. Uh, They need to keep the pressure up. I actually. emailed Graves' office this morning to ask if they were investigating. And of course, I got the standard, we can neither confirm nor deny an existing investigation. Capitol Police came out with a uh, some sort of statement today. Of course, they are completely co-opted by the Democrats. They cannot be trusted as well. So should Republicans then, to your point, we don't control DOJ, but we do control the House Administrative Committee, certainly House Judiciary let's have another hearing, let's bring him out, subpoena him, subpoena Hakeem Jeffries. It sounds like they had this coordinated plan to delay this vote. If that's true, it's not only obstruction of an official proceeding, it's conspiracy to obstruct. I've seen that charge a lot. It could even be seditious conspiracy because according to this DOJ, seditious conspiracy is an attempt to prevent, delay, or hinder the execution of a U.S. law. So they've created this precedent, Steve. Now, almost three years later, it's time for the GOP to seize on this and to really make hay of it, not just to go after Bowman and the Democrats, but to expose what this DOJ, the legal precedent that they have said over the past three years in January 6th criminal investigations.
0: Have uh, before I go, you know, they're talking about how many wins they've got and all this great job and McCarthy shouldn't be removed. Have they done any. Is this House, a Republican House, have they done any investigation for, I'm talking about as a institution, not individual members, have they done any um, uh, review of DOJ and what DOJ's done here, the FBI done here, uh, the conditions in the jail, the pretrial, any of it? Had they really sat down and done anything as we sit here in October of 2023, ma'am?
5: They have. And so I will say that I believe that a lot of the work, especially coming out of the House Administrative Committee, they continue to drill down into missing records from the January 6th committee, um, conflicting accounts of Cap- from Capitol Police, even FBI agents. So I know that this work is still ongoing behind the scenes. And Steve, I do expect some real bombshells coming out about a number of scandals, including the unsolved pipe bomb matter. So I will say that, yes, I'm not totally satisfied. I think the weaponization committee should have been turned into a separate January 6th select committee run by Republicans.
4: Yeah.
5: Um, but I do think that they are going. Uh, making uh, records and videos available. And I do see dedication there to exposing more of the truth about January 6th. Okay.
0: Julie, how do people get to you? Uh your new Substack, uh social media, all of it.
5: Thanks. So my Substack is declassified with Julie Kelly. I have a piece up today explaining the whole 1512 C2 matter related to Representative Bowman. I'm on Twitter at Julie underscore Kelly2 and True Social Julie underscore Kelly.
0: Julie Kelly, thank you so much. And I, you know, thank you for hanging in there with us today. You were supposed to come on much okay. earlier. Really appreciate you That's hanging great. in. Thanks, Steve. Uh, We had a bunch of big stories. We're going to move to the bar. Jim Hoff about uh, January 6th. We got Joe Allen's new piece up. uh, And if Mo and Grace can put the Joe Allen pieces on human events, let's get it out. It's very important. Tiffany Justice, um, I was going to toss it to you. You guys have been under nonstop assault. I just heard a podcast. I don't know if you listen. It was Switzer and uh, this woman, um, Naomi Klein. She's got a new book out called Doppelganger she's, she's talking about Naomi Wolf and, you know, and, but she does, the whole thing is a focus on the war room and how the room is the platform for misinformation. And then as she's going on, she goes, they go, well, how dangerous, how you're, you're scaring me. How dangerous is it? She goes, I'll tell you how dangerous it is. She's platformed these radical mothers. <laughs> they've made, they've made these moms for liberty. a bunch of radicals that are trying to take over the schools, fire all the great teachers. I mean, they just go off. At port Naomi, Naomi Wolf kind of gets schluffed to the side, and it's really Tiffany Justice and her crew that is are the villagers. Let me tell you, they're building these things all the time, and these people are getting in there. And they sound so reasonable, but they're fascist. So what, I, they, they, people are going after you nonstop. Now, you guys are pushing back. Tell us how.
4: We are pushing back. It's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, I just can't even, you know, even look, I'm watching on the screen and I'm just like a mom. I'm cooking dinner. I'm helping my kids with the homework. You know, I'm like all these moms across the country and dads across the country that have had a target put on their back by the SPLC, by the Biden administration, the DOJ. And so You know, recently, I'm sure you heard, Steve, that the Heritage Foundation um, has sued the Biden administration, the DOE, the DOJ for information we did. uh, They did some public records requests to see what kind of communication was happening between uh, the Biden administration and the SPLC, because uh, as I think has been noted in previous reports, they met with the Biden administration, something like six times. And, you know, those visitor logs, as your guest was sharing, uh, are, are you know published at the end of every month. And so um, they, they can't hide that part. And so we said, well, what are you guys talking about? Seems like a really big coincidence. Right. Um, and they won't answer the Heritage uh, FOIA request. So now the Heritage Foundation has sued uh, to figure out what is that the Biden administration and, and their uh, different departments, what are they saying about moms and about me and Tina? Because apparently, well, uh, have we they,
0: are very- I, I want to I go to the kickoff of, of of Teach the Kids, but have they called you over for a meeting? I mean, they took Southern Poverty Law Center, six meetings, and that's why Mike Allen, the group at, at, uh, who are very savvy over Heritage, have sued. Have they had you over for a meeting to hear what Moms for Liberty has to say in your in your, your program? Because none of the kids are learning how to read or write and do any arithmetic, and the scores The objective test scores show that, ma'am?
4: Correct. We are calling out the educational failure in America. No, they haven't, Steve. They haven't asked us. In fact, we asked President Biden to come and speak at the summit Our moms had a lot of questions for him, and I sat down with different presidential candidates, invited him to come as well, and our invitation was ignored. When Secretary Cardona put together a parents uh, group committee, uh, parents, real parents were totally left off. We haven't received a phone call, and so I have to imagine that they don't like us very much. And it's because, as you said, we're calling out educational failure, and they're very cozy with the teachers union, who has a million and one reasons why kids are not learning in school. Uh, Guess what? It's not uh, the way they're being taught, apparently. Would let's you like talk, about, talk about, you, you're
0: specifically got something this. yeah, you, let's go. I want to, if Memphis can put up the graphic, you guys are, are actually all over to make this point and to help these kids out. And I really appreciate, I think you focusing on the public schools and doing this. So what do you got? What do you got this week?
4: Yeah, our kids deserve to learn to read in school. We spend over $800 billion on public education, that's state, local, federal funding, and our kids aren't learning to read. Uh, only about a third of kids are, are reading on grade level. You have a, a large majority of high school students reading uh, like they're in elementary school. There is no future in this. Uh, your chances of uh, graduating from high school go down if you can't learn to read, we would hope, right? But your chances of going to jail, of leading a life of struggle uh, go up if you can't learn to read. And so here they are, you know, basically Um, condemning third graders to a life of struggle. It's absolutely unacceptable, and we're calling them out at every single term. So October 1st through 7th is Teach Kids to Read Week. We're very excited about Teach Kids to Read. This should be something that every American can get behind. I don't care what your political party is or your race or your religion. Um, It it shouldn't matter, right? We should all want kids to be able to learn to read because if they can read, then they can teach themselves things. They can learn. They can think critically. Uh, But if they can't read, then they're going to have to rely on... um, gosh i guess the government to tell them what they should think right and i'm kind of of the opinion now as many other parents are that that's exactly what joe biden and his cronies want they don't want kids to be able to question they just want kids to consume the information and to believe everything that they're fed
0: now our audience is going to love this tell us what the week is we've got a couple minutes what the week is and then how can people get involved here
4: Yeah, please. Um, You can go to momsforliberty.org and join or donate to help us to spread the uh, awareness that we need that kids are not learning to read in school and we need to focus on real skills and knowledge, making sure that teachers are prepared in the science of reading to be able to reach the students in their classroom. October also happens to be dyslexia awareness month. What we know is that 95% of children have the ability to learn to read by third grade, yet only one third of kids are learning to read. I ask all of them, I I know you have so many different people that listen and watch this show. If you're a business person, if you were making something like seatbelts and two thirds of your products failed, what would you do? Would you continue to pour money into a failing product or would you take a step back and look and say, what is going on here? Why are we having such failure and what can we do to fix uh, the education system. And that's what Moms for Liberty is doing. We're endorsing in school board races. And then those school board members are going in and, and reclaiming public education and reforming it. So join momsforliberty.org. If you're able to donate, please donate. We're putting tools and resources into the hands of real moms and dads around the country. Uh, exciting news, Steve, we have Rhode Island joining us very soon. So we're up to 48 states.
0: Wow. What's the, if when Rhode Island joins, what are the last two we have to go?
4: Vermont and Utah. I'm going to blame Bernie Sanders for Vermont. But Utah, yeah, well, Utah's interesting. (laughs) They actually had a really vibrant parent group that rose up during COVID. And so, you know, I think... That, that that has been kind of a mechanism where a lot of people have have been involved, but their issues are expanding and parents are becoming more and more aware of what's happening in schools. And Moms for Liberty is a really effective uh, resource and organization to be a part of. Um, apparently, as you said, you know, we're the very dangerous moms who are calling out uh, all of the baloney and speaking <laughs> truth. And, and speaking truth these days is dangerous. So, yeah, I guess I'm I've the met face Tiffany of domestic terrorism now. Is they, this they, looks like
0: <laughs> I've, I've met t- t- Tiffany and Tina, and they are definitely dangerous. Well, <laughs> hold it. Ninety-five percent a- of kids can read, and only a third do read. That t- tells you everything you need to know.
4: Yeah, don't get between. Good them luck. And uh, we're
0: going to have somebody on for Moms for Liberty, or some. We're yes, we're gonna we're gonna have someone on every day this week. This is a big priority for the War Room to make sure we push okay. this out of Moms for Liberty. So thank you, and thank you for caring enough about the kids that get involved, Tiffany. Fantastic. Go check out Monster Liberty right now. Go to the site. They said, remember, they've gotten 48 states already. What, they've only been around a year, year and a half, two years. It's incredible. Vermont and Utah. That's yin and yang. Joe Crouch. You know, there's a uh, congressman got up and said there's 400,000 uh, folks coming up from the Darien Gap, there's 260,000 came through the southern border. We got six million. We don't know where they are because the inspector general says, um, you know, they're not tracking them. They're giving them phony addresses. There's tons of criminals. There's there's PLA guys. There, we have no earthly idea what's happening in the southern border. Crime in this country is out of control. It's probably the best time in the history of this country to learn how to not just get a weapon but how to use a weapon. And I want I target. You've come up with the expense of ranges and the restrictions on ranges. Somebody can, in the comfort of their own home, particularly teaching children, young adults, and, uh, and maybe wives who have never had a uh, weapon before, how actually get comfortable with their own gun. How do we, we got a couple of minutes. Walk us through what iTarget does.
6: Hey, thank you, Steve. Yeah, we've got a couple of different products. They all uh, center around using your actual firearm, that firearm that you would carry yourself. And they use a laser bullet that goes into the actual gun. So here I have a uh, real firearm and inside is the laser. So when you have that in there, there's no danger, if you want to teach someone or practice in your house, there's no danger of an accidental misfire because that, the laser goes where an actual bullet would have to go in order to shoot. So it's a completely safe way to train. And over here I have our original iTarget Pro product setup which uses your phone's camera to look at the target and uh, when you shoot the target with the laser, then the phone puts on the screen the bullet holes exactly where the, target, uh, where the laser hit the target at. And then uh, we've also got this, uh, the new product, which is the iTarget Cubes. And this is different, and that it allows you to set them up all throughout your house, anywhere you have Wi-Fi. So you can do room-clearing drills, or you can have competition. I'll show you how that works here real quick. Two. So they beep, 1. 2. 2. and at times you how fast you're able to shoot it. I got a couple of young Patriots here. I filmed this uh, recently, I, I at, do too. having some competition with the Cubes. Yeah. They had they had a lot of fun doing it.
4: Oh, you were fast on that one. I was, wow. I these was guys slow. have been you're
6: practicing a while. Wow. Wow. So I mean, that, that's a good, about 20 I, feet. Wow. And
0: they're hitting that thing in seconds. Wow. Oh, my what a gosh, great drill. dude. I got cooked yeah. on that one. So Here's the key thing. Fun. You get to use your own weapon. You get used to your own weapon. You do reps like in sports. You got to do reps with a weapon. Reps, reps, reps. And this allows you with your own with, at no cost. Uh, we got to bounce. Yeah. Where do they go to the website? I want people to go immerse themselves in information, Joe. Where do they go?
6: Yeah, iTargetPro.com, and I use the code Warroom20, and you get twenty percent off on the cubes. We're running a special on them. We just got a big shipment of them in for Christmas, so now's the time to get the Christmas gifts early before before we get low on supply. So uh, been, we are going to blow these cubes product. out. Thank no, you Steve, these, yeah. these
0: cubes are amazing. What you've done, no, no, no Joe, Joe, what you've done is incredible, brother. Thank you so much, iTarget get the reps on your own weapon the reps on your own weapon avoid the cost of ammo going to ranges, you definitely can go to ranges everybody should, but you can do it in the privacy of your own home or particularly teach the young adults and maybe, you know, if your wife just got a, uh, if you just got her a weapon self-reliance things are happening uh, tomorrow morning is going to be on fire we'll see you back here, we've got a long night of work ahead of us well, we'll be back here at 10 a.m. in the War Room. Folks, let me tell you about Soul Tea. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer.